This is the Cultural Quarter of an Hour podcast and I'm Charlotte Foster. Every week we'll be looking at the culture all around Stoke-on-Trent and North Staffordshire. Some weeks I'll be visiting events, others I'll be hearing the stories of the people who make this area what it is. Now, when you think of culture, you might just think of dusty museums, art galleries full of paintings or people in ball gowns playing violins. But actually... It's so much more than that. It's all around us. Welcome to this week's podcast. Now, it's a bit of an odd one. If you are listening to this on Wednesday, the 6th of December, then I'm guessing your nerves are in as bad a state as mine because we only have one more day to find out if uh, who is going to be the City of Culture 2021. Will it be Paisley, Sunderland, Coventry, Swansea, or maybe, just maybe, can Stoke-on-Trent actually do it? Well, we'll find out during the one show on BBC One on Thursday night. Or maybe, perhaps, you are listening to this and you already know the result. No spoilers, please. Either way, it's been an incredible journey just to get here, wherever here is. Um, don't know. Depends when you're listening, I suppose. Well, I have been speaking to Councillor Abby Brown. She's the Deputy Leader of Stoke-on-Trent City Council and the Chair of the Stoke-on-Trent City of Culture BID team. I began by asking her why it was important to her that the city went for the title. In 2008, I remember um, all the excitement around Liverpool being capital of culture um, as, as a city up the road that my brother actually went to university to, so I knew it quite well. And kind of subconsciously, I guess, I am a consumer of culture. That, that's what I like to do. I'm, I'm not somebody who has got a background in theatre or anything like that, albeit I played an instrument as a child and had dancing lessons. But I, I'm not a practitioner. I'm not an actor or a musician or a singer I'm just somebody who likes going and doing things um, and I remember then in 2013 kind of a, a bit of a, a rumour about City of Culture and I remember a blog post at the time and talking and going away and looking at Liverpool and Lambanonas um, and really my interest went from there so I guess kind of in 2015 this, the kind of similar conversation came up again about um, City of Culture for 2017 and, and I realised at that point that there was somebody else Paul Williams also talking about this um, and at that point I, I'd become Deputy Leader of the City Council um, Paul wrote his provocative blog and we got in touch with each other pretty much within about 24 hours after that and suddenly it exploded from there and I realised that lots of other people were talking about it it wasn't just Paul and I um, and suddenly you you know my my views on Liverpool and my interest in what had happened there and Paul's enthusiasm as well, along with the clear enthusiasm from lots and lots of other people we discovered, meant that suddenly what became, I guess, two people talking in a bit of a nerdy way maybe about, about something that nobody else was really that bothered in, suddenly became lots and lots of people. Um, and from that point onwards, for me, it became the thing that we had to do. And from that first kind of conversation to where we are now, can you believe what's happened? 
No. <laughs> it's been such an absolutely incredible journey. Um, and one of the things that sticks out in my mind, other than the first time I met Paul and we, we spent, we got an hour and we spent about two and a half hours in the end, was the first meeting of what has become the Cultural Forum. Um, it was during the BCB in 2015. And anybody who's been to the BCB will know it's held in Spo, China Halls. It's absolutely freezing towards the end of the six week period. And we decided to have um, a lunch event there. And there was about 35 people in the room. Um, and we all kind of sat there and looked at each other and we said, should we do this? And we did a bit of kind of one of those exercises where you write things down on post-its and put it down. And pretty much the overwhelming consensus was that, yes, we should do this and that, it, and that everybody wanted to do it too. Um, and from there onwards, it, it, came, you know, it, it became something that people automatically gravitated to and everywhere I've gone to and everybody who's come and spoken to me has been so supportive about doing it that it's just ballooned and exploded and it's really strange I guess in a way to just think back and think two years ago we were sat in freezing cold spode talking about this with 35 people and here we are today you're the weird thing is this podcast is going to come out the day before we find out about the bit that that's the way we've, we've got to we're kind of talking in ifs buts and maybes but the journey itself has seen the city change, hasn't it? Yes. I think um, one of the people in that uh, in that room was Martin, the editor of The Sentinel. Um, and I remember talking to him before we went to the meeting and he said to me, in the way that only Martin can, Luke Duck, I just want to tell you that I'm 100% with you, but we've got to be prepared because people are going to come out and say, this is not a good idea. And, you know, I'm a politician. Um, I have to do make decisions on some controversial things at times. And I go out on the doorstep and I talk to people, not just in my ward, but all over the city. And hand on heart, we have had so few kind of complaints and people who've not been happy with doing this that, I, that I'm almost kind of waiting for those unhappy people to appear. But, I, you know, I genuinely don't think that they are there. That You know, there's some people, I think, who are unhappy with this. But pretty much, overwhelmingly, this is the... You know, one of the only things, I guess, that I'm, I've been involved with where actually people have immediately warmed to it, they've understood what it is, um, and, they've, and they've backed it. And that's just, you know, a, a massive feeling. And, and I get stopped when I go to things, and people say to me, um, we're going to win, we're going to win, aren't we? But if we don't win, we're going to carry on, because this is brilliant, isn't it? And people say that everywhere, businesses, um, outside the city, when I go and talk to other partners, when I go to communities everybody I, just the support for this is just amazing i was talking to uh, denise o'sullivan the other day and she was saying that she feels like it's already been a victory because more of the the makers like her denise does ceramics they're talking to each other more from from just and coming together is that something you've picked up on as well yes yeah i think um that was starting around the cultural forum and for me kind of you know the cultural and creative sector have been on board with this since day one and they have been absolutely fab taking somebody like me who who you know is just enjoys being involved with things um and helping me to understand how they work but for me the tipping point was when we got that um overwhelming response from businesses um, I think that happened probably around um, January this year. It started building at the end of last year. And for me, it was going out and talking to businesses and them knowing what this was about and immediately saying, yes, I want to be involved. And I think so much of the time is spent sometimes trying to get people into the place where they understand it. But business in the city immediately understood it and they wanted to be part of it. And that was 
one of the best bits in a way that got people talking to each other and some of the really exciting conversations that you hear and things that we've made happen as a result of this and and a lot of the time to be honest it's not it's not me making it happen it's just me saying have you spoken to such and such a body or putting on events where we've got exciting people in the room it's just brilliant really really positive and those sorts of things are going to carry on anyway whether we win or not so it's great I was going to say will there be a legacy no matter what happens Yes, I think um, you go from the things such as the investment the City Council has made um, and is making in the city itself, so things like um, the extension to the Pottery's Museum and Art Gallery with the repositioning of the Spitfire um, and reinterpretation of some of the things there. I think kind of a real awaken- awakeningness in ourselves around our pride in ourselves as a city, which is something I'm hugely proud of. Pottery's Museum and Art Gallery is the official repository for archaeological finds for not just Stoke, but for Staffordshire. For somebody like me, who grew up in Newcastle, but has lived in Stoke-on-Trent for the last oh, 15 years, but has a really strong family background also in the Moorlands, you couldn't get any better, really, in a way. So things like that, you know, I think we are so aware of because people like me with that sort of mixed background across North Staffordshire um, really warm to anything to do with to do with us in a way and I think um, you know Pottage Museum has got so much to say on that so I think that there's things like that and then um, Hilton Hotel coming and we're seeing a real explosion actually of hotels within the city so there's all the things like that happening but I think there's also that that growth in pride in people um, we have some amazing ambassadors out there for our city. Um, some of them who have always been out and proud in a way, but others who've kind of really sort of, I, I think in the nicest possible way, thought, do you know what? Actually, I didn't used to tell people from Stoke, but do you know what? I'm going to tell them and I'm going to tell them every day now. And they're all over the place. In it, that is, in itself is absolutely brilliant because we shouldn't be ashamed to come from our city. It's an amazing city. I think it's one of the most exciting cities in the UK at the moment with the things that are going on here. And we shouldn't be ashamed to tell people we come from Stoke I'm so proud to come from our city and you know I've got the best job in the world for you personally what has been the hardest part of the last 18 months since it was you know since the bid was launched fitting everything else in (laughs) this has become my life in a way and I know it's true for other people as well who've been involved with this um we have et slept dreamt about this um you know, somebody, I did an interview yesterday um, with The Guardian and they were saying to me kind of how much time do you give to this? And at the moment, it's every day, you know, six hours yesterday. Clearly, we were at the point where we we're about to go in and do the presentation. So you'd expect me to say that. But we've been meeting on this for, uh, you know, two, three hours every week and then other meetings during the week. Um, certainly since we got shortlisted in July I've probably visited around 30 of the area's biggest employers and I was doing that right up until last week for a couple of hours at a time to talk to them about what they do as well as connecting with other places all around the UK you know I I think it's just been a fantastic experience and whether we win or not and clearly you know I I believe we can win um, and I hope I so hope that we will but I think the experience has just been one of the most fantastic experiences I I could ever wish to have and it's you know been just brilliant how do you think you will feel then on Thursday night when the one show starts up we hear that music the tv shows begins and we're just waiting well, I might be tempted to do that thing that Denise Royal does and sing along with it in the royal family. Um, but I think I, I will probably be very nervous. I suspect there'll be tears whether we win or not. Um, but I, I think, you know, the anticipation already, you know, is starting to build. 
um, what kind of started off as knowing we would go to Hull to do a presentation has actually turned into something bigger because so much of the competition for UK City of Culture is not just about the um, bid that you put in or the presentation that you do. It's about the physical demonstration that so many people are behind you. Um, one of the things in a way that sticks in my mind um, is um, going to pick my son up from school and uh, his school is near a co-op and I, I went into the co-op and I got, it'd been a day when I'd been out doing something, I got my City Culture t-shirt on and the guy behind the checkout said to me, cool, love your t-shirt, where can I get one of those from? I want to back the bid. And I go to things and not in Stoke either, around Stoke, so I went to the Stone Food Festival and as I walked back, there was a guy in a City Culture t-shirt sitting in Morrison's Cafe and it's like, this is everywhere. The, you know, the support for this has spread so far and, you know, I, th- I think that whole noise around this going on Twitter and just, you know, my timeline exploded when we got shortlisted. I think so much of it is about the noise around us and that has been so positive within itself and, again, just, just brilliant we wouldn't have got here without everybody around us and people of Stoke are amazing. And like you say, it's not just the six towns of Stoke-on-Trent that's going to benefit from if winning the bid or even just going for the bid, is it? No, it's not. No, I, I, obviously the bid is for cities, but as Hull have demonstrated, um, you the impact of winning this goes far wider. Um, I think our connection with Newcastle as a market town and I say that as somebody who grew up in Newcastle is strong people like me have been crossing over the boundary for years for generations um, and there's space within the bid for Newcastle to be distinct you know key part of our bid is the Philip Astley story and Six Ring Circus which has got such a strong parallel with Stoke then because the six, six rings are the six towns. And, I, you know, I think there's there's that. But then there's also the link into the Moorlands, Luke Thrift Gold um, and the excitement around that. But, you know, basically rewriting history of our area as, as we know it. And then further, further afield into Stafford, into Stone. But also, you know, we've had really positive conversations with our colleagues right the way down to the southern part of Staffordshire who um, can see the parallels there. And then right the way up to the north as well into into Cheshire I think one of the great untold stories that um, I want to see us bring forward is around the Two Saints Way and the connection between Litchfield right the way up to Crewe um, and the Cheshire East area and I I think there's so much that we can talk about because the boundaries of our city are fuzzy and the boundaries of our county are fuzzy and I think this is a you know been such a great opportunity to to meet with those other people other places and other um, and talk to them about how we can be stronger together in a way. And how important is it that we are looking to the future, keeping an eye on the past, but the future is is key for, for the city and the area? Yes, I, th- I think um, one of the things that comes out really strongly around City of Culture, um, and particularly when you perhaps look at how Hull have done it, um, is that this isn't just about today, it is about tomorrow and future generations. And, and I know certainly Susan Clark from Arts, who's been you know so heavily involved with this, has talked a lot about what the future looks like for a child born today if we were to win, or a child who's 18 in 2021, um, and what the future looks like for them. So I think that view, particularly around digital, which is something that I guess I would say, you know, I... I would say I don't know a lot about, but then if I talk to my parents, they would say, you do, you know, you've, you've, you're part of that generation. I think as it is evolving and it's hugely fascinating, particularly because there's such a strong link back to us as a city. We are a revolutionary city. We were at the cutting edge of the industrial revolution 
revolution, we're involved in social revolutions. You go and look around some of our factories, you'll see robots in there. And when I talk to um, our businesses around the role that um, robots and technology play within their businesses, it isn't taking jobs, it's actually improving what we produce and we are requiring young people um, to have the skills to be able to go and work with those robots in our traditional industries so it's it's really exciting that kind of juxtaposition between the old and the new but Circle Trent is doing that every day it's brilliant if there are any people who are doubting why the city should go for it what would that message be I think city culture is a is a huge opportunity for serious cities and we are a serious city um hull has received massive economic boost from this um 60 million pounds locally increase in hotel occupancy in businesses within the city center and it used to be regarded in the same way that i think many of us feel that stoke has perhaps been regarded for years but you go up there now and you know last year it was one of those places that was recommended in the rough guide place best places to visit in the world and not kind of in a general top 100 it was in the top 10 you know i think the opportunity of being uk city of culture would be transformational for us and we need it we really need it here we have some major social problems that we need to um combat but we also have fantastic people and you know now is the time to be proud of your city and everything that we have done everything that we did in the past and everything that i know we will do in the future going forward so there you go win or lose this bid for the title of city of culture 2021 has already seen benefits has already helped bring the city together and it will continue to do so no matter what i have to say a massive great big thank you to councillor abby brown for sparing me the half an hour of her time that she did last week when she was a very very busy person and i've also got a massive huge ginormous thank you to say to you because over the weekend on saturday just gone the number of listens clocked up since july since this little podcast began in july has now hit the 2000 mark I am truly, truly overwhelmed at the response that this podcast has had. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, remember, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at CQH pod. Facebook is cultural quarter of an hour. And of course, the website where I do occasionally blog a bit as well, but don't let that put you off. It's cqhpod.co.uk.